Welcome, thanks for joining us. You're about to hear a message from our Wednesday night Solid Rock Youth Group service. Solid Rock is a ministry of Living Word Family Church, and if you'd like to know more, check us out on our website at www.livingwordfamily.org. Can anybody tell me, can anybody tell me what is desire? What is desire, Aiden? Wanting, okay. Uh, Johnny, I saw you raise your hand. You're smiling because I almost said you're... Ow, get out of here. All right, who else? Who else raised their hand? What is desire? Hey, no, that too. Go ahead. She said really wanting someone. Wanting someone on accident? Or you mean you accidentally said that? Okay. (laughs) Oh, there you go. Uh, Really wanting or desiring, uh, really wanting someone or something. And you said feeling like you need it? Okay, so that could be a feeling of need, could be in there that gives you that desire, that's a possibility. Let me read you, uh, this is from Merriam-Webster, <clears throat> an emotion, and there's a long definition, this is kind of a good breakdown of it though, an emotion or excitement of mind directed to the attainment or possession of an object for which pleasure, sensual, intellectual, or spiritual is expected. And then this is a quote, uh, also in the in the Merriam-Webster's dictionary, and I've got a really cool like 1828 Merriam-Webster's dictionary that has Bible verses in it and everything. For a lot of these definitions, it's, it's awesome. Anyway, uh, desire is that internal act which, by influencing the will, makes us proceed to action. I really thought that was a cool, that was a poignant quote. Desire is that internal act, so something on the inside of you that by which influencing the will, so it influences your will, makes us proceed to action. So we want something, we desire, you know, uh, desire is that that want, it's like Aiden was saying, it's like several of you said, that want of something that you feel like you need or that you want to have, you want to take possession of, and then that desire acts on your will and then it affects your actions, you actually go after something, right? So that's, that's in essence, that is desire. We all have desires right? We all have desires in our lives, okay? Probably a number of desires that you have in your life. Some of those desires are good. Desires to get good grades. Desires to have a good job, to be healthy. Desires to someday get married and have a family. Those are all fine desires. Those are all good desires. Some of the desires that creep up on the inside of us maybe aren't so good, okay? Maybe some of those desires are sinful or maybe inherently against what God wants for us. Maybe Greedy for money, desire, sexual desires, improper sexual desires, desires to be popular at someone else's expense, you know. Uh, when I was in middle school, I'm not, I was not a popular kid by any stretch of the imagination, okay. I'm just not, you guys all know those kind of people. Sometimes people are just popular without even trying, right. They're just, I don't know if they're cool. A couple, uh, one of the guys in my class um, that I grew up with, and uh, he, he had like three, no, two older brothers, so he was already like well-versed in what older kids were doing, so he was already kind of automatically a cooler, popular guy. He was also athletic, which helps. Uh, and so I was never very popular. I wasn't super athletic. Um, I wasn't, you know, a charmer with the girls or anything like that, you know. So, but what I found that I could do is I could make people laugh. I was, I was kind of a goofy guy. You guys know me pretty well. I'm, I'm, I still goof around with people to make people laugh. That's just how I kind of connect with people sometimes. Um, but at the time, 
you know, when you're in middle school, you're still figuring, like, you're still trying to figure out who you are and kind of this whole social thing. And so, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on in middle school. You guys know that. Um, but at the time, I'm like, okay, if I can, I, I said something or did something to make some of the guys around me laugh. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, okay. Hey, they're, they're, laughing, they're laughing at me. I did something funny. And I happened to be making fun of somebody. And so I exacerbated that and continued to make fun and make fun and make fun of somebody else just so they would, they, I would appear to be funny or quippy or whatever. Um, and obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, and I, I was not a Christian. I was not saved. Uh, not that that's really an excuse, but I just want to let you know where I was coming from. You look back on it and you're like, man, I'm kind of ashamed of the way I behaved, the way I acted. But my desire was to be liked. My desire was to be not necessarily popular, but to have the other guys like me, to have them pay attention to me. And so some of the desires that we have uh, are not good, okay? When we are connected to God and in tune with Him, think about the message a couple weeks ago. We talked about the Holy Spirit guiding us and leading us, being kind of our, uh, our um, uh, life positioning system. When we're in tune with God and allow Him to direct us in our lives, and when we are living for the purpose that He has given to us, think about the message last week, to uh, have fellowship with Him, to commune with Him, to do the works that He has prepared for us, when we're in tune and in sync with God, when we're doing what he's uh, created us to do, our desires will line up with him, will line up with God. So I want you to turn to Psalm 37, verse 4. <clears throat> if you don't have your phone or your Bible, uh, Johnny has it up there on the screen for us. 37, uh, Psalm 37, verse 4, which says, Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. Now let me tell you something. I've, for the longest time, read that like this. If I delight in God, He's going to give me whatever I want. He's going to give me the desires of my heart. And if my heart desires X, God's going to give me X. And all I have to do is delight myself in Him. All I have to do is kind of go to church and, and, uh, and be, a good, you know, be a good Christian or whatever. Does that make sense? That's how I read that for the longest time. And a lot of the things that I wanted weren't necessarily bad, right? So I figured, why not? That's, that seems like a per- pretty good reading of that verse, of that text. When we delight in Him, He gives us the desires of our heart. Why not? Now, we just established, are all of our desires good? Rainy, are all of our desires good? Have you ever desired something that you knew probably wasn't right? That you probably didn't really need or shouldn't have had or something that you knew God wouldn't want you to have? We've all had those desires, right? Desires that sometimes you can have a desire and you're like, okay, that's not right. I need to get that out of my mind. Um... Jeremiah 17.9, you don't have to turn there, but Jeremiah 17.9 says this, The human heart is most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? And then I didn't give you this, Johnny, so I'm sorry, but I'm going to continue to read on in verse 10. But I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. I give all people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve. So the heart is desperately wicked. Who can really know it? except for God. God knows our hearts. God knows our inward motives. God knows everything that we're thinking. But, I, but that's incredible to me. The human heart is most deceitful in all, the most deceitful of all things. Our heart, our personality, who we are, our inward most being, our heart is deceitful. That means not all the desires we have are going to be God's desires. Not all the desires that we have are going to be good desires. Some of those desires can be flat out sinful. So does it make sense when we read that previous verse in Psalms that God would give us the desires of our heart? 
if I read it to if you, if we read it how I said some, that I used to read it. I used to read it as a God just going to give me whatever I want, right? Well, that's not true because sometimes the things that I want aren't good. Sometimes the things that I want are, are not God's plan for me, not God's will for me, not, God, not something that God wants to give me or that I even need, right? So it doesn't make sense to read that verse that way. Now, I, a number of years ago, I heard it taught, I think Pastor Scott was the first one I'd heard said this, and I've heard, I've heard it from several people since, to read the verse this way. In verse 4, back again, Take delight in the Lord, and He will give you your heart's desires. If we take delight in God, if we commune with Him, fellowship with Him, if we dig into God's Word, if we spend time with Him, if we worship, if we pray, do you know what I mean? Like, we really get in with God and take delight in Him, He will put right desires in our heart. Does that make sense? He will give our heart its desires. Not he'll give me whatever I want. The desires that I have, he's not a genie and it's just going to be like, poop, whatever you want. Right? No, he will give my heart, he will give my innermost being good desires. His desires. Does that make sense? He'll change out those wicked desires, those selfish desires, those sinful desires with his desires. When we delight ourselves in Him, when we delight in being with Him, He will give Himself, His desires to us. And all of a sudden, we will find ourselves in line walking with God to a greater extent than we've ever known. Psalm 145, verse 19 also says, He grants the desires of those who fear Him. Do you guys know what it means to fear God? It's to have a holy and reverent fear of God. So a healthy fear of God is a good thing. It's not to be afraid or terrified of him. Although we see in the, in the word that when people have come into contact with angels, they cower in fear. So we know if we were to see God face to face, well, the Bible says if we see God face to face, we would, be, we would die. But if we were to see the, the glory and power of God or even of his angels, his representatives, we would cower in fear because of the might and awesomeness of it. But this isn't some terrified fear. This is saying the fear of the Lord having an awesome and awe of reverence of God and of his power and of what he's done for us and who he is and his authority in the, in, in, in the universe, his authority in our lives, okay? That's the fear of the Lord. So when we, have, uh, uh, when we fear God, he grants us the desires to those who fear him. Well, when we have a healthy fear of God, when we're walking with God, we're going to have his desires, right? So, of course, he's going to bring those to pass because we're walking along with him, okay? We have proper and right desires in our lives. And then in Isaiah 58, verse 4, <clears throat> Isaiah 58, oops, sorry, right there. oh, 14, sorry, 58, 14. Then the Lord, actually, sorry, let me go back real quick, give you a quick little background of this. Uh, this is obviously Old Testament in the book of Isaiah. So the, the children of Israel, the people were fasting. They're saying, hey, God, we're fasting. Why aren't you paying attention to us? Hey, God, we're punishing ourselves by not eating. Why aren't you taking notice? Why aren't you doing good things for us? And God basically gives them a little, uh, uh, little smack and says, and listen, just because you're fasting doesn't mean you're being pleasing to me. That doesn't mean you're, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. And he goes through this laundry list of things that they weren't, they weren't doing, things that he desired for them to do. And I'm not going to go through the entire list, but it's things like uh, not abusing people that work for you, things like feeding the poor, things like all this kind of stuff, and you can read it in the whole, the whole chapter 58 goes through all of this. He's saying, you can fast all you want to. That fast is doing nothing when you're not even living the way I want you to live. 
okay? So what were they doing, right? On the outside, they were going to, I'm going to put it in, in our terms today. On the outside, they were going to church, but they weren't living for God. Does that make sense? They were doing what they thought was their duty, but they weren't living for God at all. So they did not delight in God. So their desires were not his desires. Their desires were for money. So they would abuse and overwork and mistreat the people that worked for them. Their desire was to eat more food, and so they didn't give any of it away. They didn't help the homeless. They didn't help anybody else. Do you see where I'm coming from? So their desires weren't God's desires, right? <clears throat> but in verse 14, it says, after he gives them this whole list, do these things, do these things, do these things. Keep the Sabbath day holy. Pursue me. Don't pursue your own interests all the time. Verse 14 says, Then the Lord will be your delight, and I will give you great honor and satisfy you with the inheritance that I promised to your ancestor Jacob. I will give you good things. I will satisfy you. I will bless you with all the promises that I that I promised to, to your ancestor Jacob. Remember all the promises he gave to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? All those promises belong to you when you delight yourself in me, and you show your delight in me as you do what I have asked, as you live the way I've asked you to live, if you show kindness and love and generosity, that shows me that you're delighting me. Do you see how these things go hand in hand? Do you see how God gives us those desires? He'll put right desires in us when we delight in Him, when we have a healthy fear of God and a reverence and awe of Him. He will become our delight. All of a sudden, we will find ourselves... Hey, Ryan, do you mind doing that after service, buddy? Probably not something super important to do right now, don't you think? Thank you. When we find ourselves delighting in God and spending more time with Him, and when His desires line up and our desires become His desires and His desires become our desires, all of a sudden, before you know it, He's the delight of our hearts. We find ourselves wanting to spend more time in His Word. We find ourselves worshiping a little bit more passionately during times of worship, whether it's at church or on home on your own or where you're driving to school or work, whatever, that, those times of worship become sweeter because our, He has now become our delight. We're now in tune with Him. We're in line with Him. Does that make sense? And before you know it, some of those selfish, greedy, sinful desires that we used to have slowly fall away out of our hearts because they're being replaced with God's desires. So the word of tonight is desire. What do you desire? What are some things that you desire? And I want you to ask yourself, are these desires that God has given me? Or are these desires that I want for myself? And what are the motivations that I have for these desires? Why do I have these desires? Does that make sense? I want you guys to ask. This is one of the questions I want you guys to go over in your small groups tonight here in just a minute. I want you to ask yourself these questions. What are the desires of my heart? Do they line up with God's desires? Is this, what, is this a desire that God has put in my heart? Am I delighting myself? in God, in time with my, with my Heavenly Father? Because that is, a, that is a very important question, because I want you to look here. The people of Israel thought they were doing okay just by, quote-unquote, coming to church. That's not going to cut it. Fasting alone is not going to cut it. Playing church is not going to cut it. Being born in a Christian home is not going to cut it. Being an American, a supposedly Christian nation, is not going to cut it. And if your desires don't line up with God's desires, if you don't allow His desires to become your desires, 
not going to work. Nothing's going to work the way you think it's going to work. Things are going to seem fun for a bit. You might even get some of those desires that you've been longing for. But I want to let you know, the enemy can grant desires too. And you can go along for a while thinking that you're getting everything you want until one day the rug gets pulled out from underneath of you and you realize all along that you've got no foundation. None. And this is, a, this is one of those critical times, you know, as you're growing up. And I'm not trying to have the dad speech with you, I promise. But I'm just, I, want you to, I want you to look at some of this in perspective, okay, with where the stage of life that you're in now is paramount. And the stage that you're heading into is also paramount. It's huge. Life-altering decisions are being made right now. Right now. I can go back to my high school years and even my college years and think about decisions that I made that literally impacted the trajectory of my life or threw me off course or damaged relationships or took me away from things that were more important. All of it. These are critical, critical years. And I can, I can tell you from personal experience and without a shadow of a doubt, if your desires don't line up with God's desires, if you don't allow his desires to become your desires, and if you continue on with selfish and sinful desires, there is nothing but heartbreak and loss at the end of that road. Guaranteed. So over the last couple of weeks, we talked about allowing the Holy Spirit to be your guide being filled with the Holy Spirit, listening to that still small voice, allowing Him to give you wisdom and power and to do what God has called you to do for the purpose He has created you for, which we talked about last week. And when we do those things and when we line up with God and we make Him the delight of our heart and we enjoy spending time with Him and we fill ourselves with Him, we will have new desires. We will have God's desires. All right? So once you ask yourself that, these are very important questions. These aren't think questions I want you guys just to blow off and say whatever. Uh, thanks, Matt. We appreciate it. And then go on with your day. These are, I really want you guys to ask yourself these questions. Uh, and hopefully you can do that for uh, just a few minutes here in our small groups. So we're going to go ahead and break down uh, time with him. And uh, having a fear of the Lord, he will, he, will, he will be our delight. So when these things come in together, when they come into alignment with the, last, the things we talked about over the last couple of weeks, when this stuff comes together, we begin, those wrong desires and old desires begin to fall away and replace with God's desires in our heart. You're going to see things starting to move in your life and things starting to happen. So as we worship tonight, not only do I want you to focus on God, of course, but I want you to focus on making Him the delight of your life each and every day, each and every day. And that's going to come through worship, that's going to come through prayer, that's going to come through spending time in His Word, uh, that's going to come through just sometimes just sitting quietly and listening, okay? Uh, but each and every day, the more time you spend with Him, the more time you spend in delighting in Him, uh, those desires will be replaced in your heart with God's desires. And uh, we are so thankful, I am so thankful that God loves us enough to want to be uh, close to us and want to give us those desires, give us those right desires. So as we worship together tonight, I want you to keep that in the forefront of your spirit, in the forefront of your mind, and, uh, and let's worship Him with all of our hearts. Let's worship together now.